Hi, I'm Mike Thunder, and you probably remember me from my recent hit single, She Left Me on Red. But if I'm not out there podcasting or giving people the shiny wizard for some random reason, I'm thinking of you. Which you can call me at 1 900 Thunder. That's 1 900 Thunder. Because you don't need to wonder when you call Mike Thunder. What's happening, everyone? I am Mike Thunder, welcoming you to another episode of MWO Live on Monday nights. Yes, we have finally hit the midway of the week. Can it just go ahead and fast forward and be Friday? Yeah? No? Okay. It was worth a try. So, tonight's episode... We are once again going deep into the realms of Crescendo Studios. Once again, bringing on another musician that I met through another musician, our very own Pipe 720. Shout out to him. But um, pretty much the past 48 hours, I've been listening to a lot of, you know, this band's tracks. Now, tonight we're going to be having the front man of this group tonight. And uh, I can honestly say, from listening to his tracks, it remind me of a lot of 90s alternative, a little bit of Dave Matthews from listening to some of the live clips. It also reminds me of certain Japanese tracks from musicians like uh, 12012, Buck Tick, which I know that's a little old school, but um, a lot of the music tones are very, very remarkable. And some of the tracks I was listening to, just from the opening riffs, because I always say the first 30 seconds decides on whether or not I'm going to like a song or not. And if it's not the first 30 seconds, then it damn well better be the chorus. So I can honestly say, unbiased opinion, I'm impressed. I like it. And uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the tracks tonight. We're also going to play, you know, a live clip. And, of course, an interview is not an interview without some good old dude talk. (laughs) Oh, man, I call it the hot seat, to be honest. But, honestly, like Pipe 720, another good guy. I always follow his page. He's hilarious as well, too. So, 
<laughs> if anything, his uh, his character and his music reminds me a lot of um, British high flying wrestler uh, Mark Andrews, because not only is Mark Andrews a musician, he's also a full time pro wrestler. So you ever get a chance to check out his band Junior as well too. So that being said, being compared to an internationally known wrestler who's been in America, Japan, the UK, you name it, that's a big deal. Because let's be honest, I got to keep this show wrestling related still. Why not, right? So if you are in the local Northern Virginia area, you've probably heard him before as well as his band. The name of the band is called Dinosaurs. And no pun intended, the lead front man his name, Chris Dinosaur. Hey, it's pretty catchy to me. This is coming from a guy who goes by the moniker Mike Thunder. Okay? Like, I'd rather take Chris Dinosaur over Mike Thunder any day. Okay? Let's be honest. A name like Mike Thunder sounds like a 1980s pro wrestler all roided up and coked up, getting in front of the interview where they'd be like, well, Mike Thunder, what do you think about tonight's opponent? And I'm just sitting here like, I can't wait to get in the ring. Now that I'm about to feel the thunder on my opponents. I'm not here to talk about my title defense. I'm here to kick some ass. Like, some stuff like that. Your typical 1980s interview. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure y'all watching right now, like, what is wrong with this man? But if you've been watching my show for a good while, you should not be surprised. But I appreciate you watching, as always. So, that being said, making his debut for the first time ever in the MW Arena, I welcome you, Dinosaur's frontman, the one and only Chris Dinosaur. How you doing, Mike? Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for uh, joining the uh, MW Arena. You know, it's Thank a... you, man. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man. You know, it's, 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 it's lovely, man. It's lovely, you know. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule, you know. Thanks, man. Uh, been, I've been looking forward to this one for a little minute, man, ever since I saw. So I got to catch up. Uh, just a quick tidbit, man. I saw... The uh, episode you had with Pipe 720, of course, you know, he introduced us. Uh, and then with uh, with Sage, uh, man, you guys, you know, it's a really great conversation. You know, I know there's a, a lot of pro wrestling, of course, you got to you got to keep that in there, too. But um, but it was just really cool to watch the way that you connected with them. And, and I learned stuff about them, you know, talking to them in conversation, not ever you know, coming across those topics, but, you know, it, on your show was pretty cool because it's like I got to know a friend of mine even better by watching your show. So that was cool. Awesome. I mean, the one thing about doing interviews on this show, I try not to make it seem like it's an interview because let's be honest, this may be your first time being on a podcast, but I assure you after this podcast compared to others, I don't do the whole cookie cutter. So tell us about your life. What happened? You know, I like to right. do it to where it's just like, it would be no different for me sitting across from you at a table, having a few drinks or eating a giant bucket of hot wings or something, you know, oh, yeah. it'd be no different. And that's what makes it more organic. And let's be honest, at Mike World Order, 
ain't shit scripted. We do it 100% organic because, you know, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, you can tell they're very scripted and there's no, there's no feeling to it. Right, right. You know, and because of that, the guest is not going to give you their response. They're just going to, well, I've heard this question 20 million times, so let me just give a different version of it. So, but, um, what I wanted to know is, you know, the whole band concept, the name is Dinosaurs, and you're Chris Dinosaur, and the background that you see in the MW arena is a dinosaur. So, yeah. you know, it is uncanny to ask. So what made you come up with the name Dinosaur, and was it because of the 90s sitcom on ABC? <laughs> yeah, gotta love the baby. Um <laughs> Yeah, man. No, actually, so funny story. I actually got the name Chris Dinosaur from an open mic host. Uh, so my first name, Chris, is pretty common. So I was I was going to open mics and just I'd write Chris on the list. And almost, I don't know, man, at least half the time there was another Chris there. And so I just started drawing a little dinosaur next to my next to my name. And you know, I'd be like, oh, I'm the one with the dinosaur next to his name. Um, and then one night, an MC... Uh, shout out Dick Beats. Um, he he uh, announced, you know, up next we've got Chris Dinosaur, and I was like, oh shit! I mean, that that's uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, and so I just it just stuck, man. From that from then on. Um, and f- fun fact too, the logo on the screen there is a graphic art done by Pipe Seven Twenty's daughter. So shout out to her. You know, if you're listening, Pipe, relay the message. Um, yeah. So <laughs> been, been getting a lot of support from the community from, uh, from day one, Mike. I mean, that's, that's what's up, you know, and, uh, you know, tell us in terms of, you know, doing open mics and all that, what key areas would you say, you know, where have you been to and, uh, which areas to you stand out the most and, you know, by any chance, do you have what most people would consider a home base where you perform at? Yeah. So, I mean, for the longest time, man, for like 12 years, I was going to this place called Epicure in Fairfax um, and met a lot of great people there. Uh, That's where I got the name Chris Dinosaur. Um, And it closed, unfortunately, earlier this year. And since then, you know, there have been a lot of different places that I've been trying out and going to. Um, Huge shout out to Crescendo Studios, man. What they're doing over there, SNRG, man, some never really get, um, you know, some never really get a place that always welcomes them with open arms, is always trying to create uh, an eclectic mix of folks, you know, is open to, it truly is an open mic. Um, so big, big shout out to them, man. Um, and then uh, a couple other areas in, in uh, other places in the area, like Earps Ordinary, that was another great place, man. They um they did this joint event with uh, Songwriter Association of Washington Saw, and they invited a few folks out there. I was fortunate enough to be one of, uh, I think it was like 70 artists over the course of five days, just um, showcasing songs that they wrote, and all the folks are, are from the, from the area. So it was it was pretty cool to be a part of, uh, especially finding those places after you know the some place that's near and dear to your heart that you kind of consider like your home base um just kind of goes away man you know times change things change and and so it was really cool to be received by folks with open arms that way 
Okay, I can I can definitely see that. And um, yeah, Crescendo, there's just something about it. It just has a magic to it. And, you know, always try to help other musicians that want to get themselves out there. I mean, yeah, most people... Most people see it as being on a podcast. I look at it as building your portfolio so you can say, hey, this is my first interview. Check it out. Because yeah. not only do we do interviews, but we also play, you know, tracks so people can get familiar with it, you know. And like I said, a lot of your tracks, uh, especially your demos, they're really good. Uh, one song stands out the most, but we'll get to that one later. Yeah. But um, in terms of performances, so, like I said, you mentioned Chris Dinosaur, the backstory behind that. But did you also use that same momentum to come up with the group name Dinosaurs, or was that just yeah, it was random? So, so Dinosaurus was kind of this uh, idea that I had. So, I started writing songs, and the demos I sent you, and and those tracks, uh, I jokingly say those are all my fault because uh, everything that you hear on there, I played right the bass and. You know everything i sang and played guitar put a couple guitar tracks on there so um what what i found was when i was going to open mics it was really hard to recreate that sound that i could kind of hear in my head and then once you create a demo like that it's like a baby you know like the image of that is kind of like tattooed to your brain and so that sound i, I like couldn't recreate it so i was hoping to find you know i'd never really been in a band before so i was like kind of new to how to start something like a band so I was just going to open mics, found some folks that were in the same situation where they had written their own songs and, you know, they were looking for a way to recreate that sound on a, on a stage. Um, and so we just kind of came together, you know, River Rapkins, uh, Massimo, Zaruk, uh, you, I'll tag all of them later uh, so that, you know, y'all can, can uh, follow them and Seth Baylor. They're, they're all amazing musicians in their own. Shout out to Alex Giller as well. Um, we went up to actually went up to New York and they were so gracious, Mike. They helped me fill out these songs that I've written, some of the ones that I sent you to. Um, and we went into a studio and did direct to vinyl recordings. So um, some of those songs I sent you, man, it was so cool, dude. Like like River and Massimo and Seth and Alex, they all learned the songs, man, inside and out. Because when we went up to that studio, it was one take, bro. Like. There was no, there's no editing. There's no like pause. We'll fix that section later. It was just, we're going in, we're going to record and people pre-ordered those records too. So like, you know, there might be like four or five orders of one song, which meant we were going to have to record that song four or five times as close to perfect as we could. So, you know, from, for me, man, I, I left that with such a full heart. So that's the spirit of the band, right? It's like we all kind of like do for each other, try to, so that we can, um, you know, kind of be more together, right? Because it's not, I don't want them to just kind of learn my songs and I'm sure they don't want me to just learn their songs. It's a really cool thing where we can all kind of gel and like just, yeah, again, do more together than we would individually, so. And that's, and it goes to one of the phrases that I say you know, building a foundation and networking and, you know, and it's funny you mentioned how you, you know, started the band. It, it goes back to, you know, what Sage Bay mentioned when pretty much she found a band just from looking on an ad, you yeah. know, on social media. So it's, it's interesting how, you know, these days the evolution of, you know, trying to find where you fit in, whereas before, 
you know, watching all these other music documentaries and whatnot, everyone found out from like either word of mouth or from a newspaper ad, you know, yeah. rock band wanted, you know, guitarist, must play thrash, you know, right. call 555, whatever. So compared to how it is now, it's just, what's your Instagram or, you know, yeah. you can just be Google looking for someone in the area and it's so much faster. So uh, um, it's a good thing we have that evolution these days into where it's not the waiting game to where instead of just like looking at the ads and circling, it's like, okay, that one didn't work out. Let me try this one or let me get a feel on this person. So, but that's amazing how you mentioned everything on the demos was first cut everything raw and no editing. And honestly, from when I listened to it, it sounded like y'all did a lot of work in editing it of, you know, the product. So for you to mention that you did all that in one take, it was like one and done. That's very impressive that um, it shows how good you are with the timing of putting, you know, your creativity together, your vision. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And that it's so much of a testament to the, the musicianship of the folks that, you know, are, are willing to put that time in, you know, because they're like individually, like we all perform on our own, you know, we're in some of them are in like three or four bands and they still make the time to, you know, get together and and, and make some some music together. Um, but they just they bring it kind of every time. And I'm just I'm really grateful to be to be a part of a band like that, where everybody's kind of excited to just be doing uh, a creative thing with a group of other folks that are kind of like minded. So it's been pretty dope. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, once once you have a passion for it, it doesn't really feel like work. It doesn't really feel like a chore. So, you know, yeah. it's probably not hard for them to bring it every time in the studio or live at a show. And like I said, I was watching the uh, the clip that you sent me, you know, from start to finish. You guys did not, you know, go <laughs> low on everything. Y'all did not slack. Y'all were literally just each track. And I felt so bad because all the tracks I wanted to like play, I couldn't play it in its entirety because, you know, well, the site that I used to do this show on, right, it right. would give you a certain amount. So, I mean, one of the live clips we'll be playing with, the only live clip that, you know, I was able to put on. It's, a, it's about eight minutes long and we'll use that for intermission, but... The first track that I want to um, check out, I want to know the backstory behind so our WO listeners can see. So what's the backstory behind Nosedive? Oh, man. You picked one of the demos. Uh, that's a treat. I, you know, Mike, I've never played that song out live. Um, so this will be the first time that anybody hears it, really. Um, so the backstory behind that is... Um, you know, I, I'd been writing a lot of music during the pandemic, more than really than ever before. Um, kind of before 2020, I was mainly doing covers. Like I would kind of put my own spin on them, but uh, wasn't as focused on writing original music. So um, yeah, 2020 kicked off and then and then uh, wrote a couple songs just before before the 4th of July, actually. And then um, that summer was just kind of like wildfire. I wrote like probably 10 or 15 songs. Um, not all of them survived, 
but as I found that as I started writing more songs, I was getting into some deeper subject matter, like lyrically. And um, that song, you know, so, uh, you know, kind of at first, I didn't want to be that stereotypical dude with an acoustic guitar singing sad songs. So, you know, some of them are a little more upbeat at first, um, but Nosedive is definitely a song that starts to get into a little grittier. You mentioned like 90s alternative, 90s kind of kind of grunge inspired. Um, that is definitely a song where some of the the inspiration that I draw from the influences and some of my music heroes, um, you know, bands like Radiohead, Nirvana, uh, Green Day, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, they're all in there uh, in, in some way, shape or form. Dave Matthews, too. Um, but that song, Nosedive, is where I started to kind of let my my lyrics go into some, some darker stuff. Um, and that song is a song about making a choice that you know in the future you might not be proud of. Um, and, and for me, it was kind of trying to have empathy for someone who suffers from addiction and kind of keeps making the same choices despite the downward spiral it takes them on. Um, and so that, that's kind of the backstory for that song it was really just kind of tapping into those, uh, that kind of mindset of like, you know, I love somebody, but if I continue with this and maybe it's not a somebody, maybe it's a something, you know, maybe it could be anything. It could be work. It could be uh, a hobby, a passion, uh, an addiction, whatever the case may be. Um, but it is something that may just kind of pull you down. And so you, you go with it and you just do it. Uh, so that's, that for me was kind of where it started. And it's funny you mentioned all that. And I kind of had a clue about that because, um, one of the tracks that kind of stood out when listening to it was a lot of early silver chair tracks okay from the um freak show album right oh man yeah no that's uh that's, that's funny you say that man silver chair and like sound garden dude like mm -hmm. bands just like that man there's a lot of a lot of influence from there pearl jam as well you know what i mean like just that kind of era across across that whole band of artists it um it was they were dealing with a lot of heavy stuff too man i saw it's funny i saw i saw this thing man it was a meme about 90s culture and it was like man now we you know dads in the 90s man they didn't have uh mental health prescriptions and and stuff like that they just had you know and then it was an album i can't remember what it was but it's a different time man and so i think at least rock in that era there was i think lyrically there was a lot of heavy stuff going on and then just tonally man to to kind of complement those dark themes you heard it like man nine inch nails uh uh that that's definitely you know uh one of those kind of industrial rock as well where it's just like the sound has to take you to this kind of dark place um and that to me helps complement some of the heavier lyrics too so oh definitely definitely and you know, I would say a little bit of stabbing westward as well, too, in terms of uh, modern industrial rock. You know, they were probably another, to me, underrated band because they were pretty much overshadowed by, like, the Nine Inch Nails and other bands, too. Because they had some pretty good tracks, too. You know, Blister, Wither, Burn, and Peel is probably one of my go-tos from start to finish 
that I can listen to. So I can definitely relate to the lyrics of your uh, tracks. And, um, right on, man. you know, I appreciate that, you know, you open up to these type of things and these subjects to where, you know, who knows that person can relate to it and it can help them get through it because you're right during the nineties, we didn't have anything that would stop mental health, but those albums, like those albums is what help us get through, you know, mental health and all that, you know, I can honestly say, especially teenage years, like it helped me get through it a lot. You know, everyone had an album for a situation or a feeling, you know, honestly. And I felt like some of your demos were no different. It kind of took me back to those days, not in a bad way, but right, it, right. it took me back to that, you know, nostalgic feeling of dealing with growing up and, you know, teenage issues and, you know, early 20s issues and, you know, just, you know, growing up in general. So yeah. once again, you know, kudos to you for, you know, opening that door and just keeping it going, you know. Thank you. And because of that, that's going to be the first of three tracks that we're going to be playing, Nosedive. And uh, I think you viewers watching, take a listen. Don't just look at it as just a track. Actually, you know, put the pieces together. I want you to actually dissect it because it really does have a good meaning and purpose and story to it. Like, you want to listen to a song to where it has that visual as you're listening to it. That's that's how I always looked at music as. You want that visual as you're listening to it. Like, you're creating your own music video in a type way. I've always felt like that, which is kind of, it probably sounds weird, but. Nah, man, I love that. I do that, too. I like, that's so funny you say that, Mike, because, like, almost every time that I write, a song if i'm as soon as i'm playing it and i'm singing it and sometimes like words will just start kind of falling out i do see this like movie playing in my mind man mm -hmm. that's so so spot on you are so spot on with that <laughs> yeah, that's why i bring the thunder man you know <laughs> <laughs> so let's go and check it out our first of three this is nose dive
Oh, yeah. I, I, once again, I can see a little bit of everything. Soundgarden, a little bit of Pearl Jam, a little bit of Silver Chair. It's, it's a nice vibe. Nice man, and uh, that's it's such a trip to it's such a trip to hear that and know that that's like out because I <laughs> I'm not I have not shared that out, bro. And, but that's that's awesome though. I really appreciate you digging into that one, man. That uh, it, it's a oh song. yeah, like it has an aura to it. And honestly, as a diehard wrestling fan, I would use that track if I was doing a production hype up for a feud where it's based off of a wrestler that was originally a tag team, but he turned on his partner and that the trail track that plays, that would be it. And where he starts explaining why he did what he did. Like, it's just perfect, man. I'm telling you that visual, man. That's it just, dope, man. That's dope. I dig that. You just trying to figure out the psyche and like literally as I was thinking, the first thing I was thinking of as I was listening to the track again, I was like, okay, what wrestling feud would I have used this for? And the first thing that popped up was Brett versus Owen Hart. Oh, throw it back. Yeah. Owen kicked Brett in the leg, turned heel. They had the big cage match. That track would have been perfect for it when they play Owen's interview of why he did what he did. It would have been perfect. Dang. Dude, that's high praise, bro. I appreciate that, man. I told you, man. I, when it comes to music and pro wrestling, I put stuff together based on what pops in my head, and people look at me like I'm crazy at first, but then once they put it together, it's like, holy shit, that's pretty. That's genius. Yeah, dude. That's, I'm like, I was like, first, I was thinking about the throwback. I remember the cage match, dude. Like, I remember watching that, and then yeah, the interview, dude. That's man. Hats off to you, dude. That's um, and that's like again very flattering for me. But um, yeah, they, man, I'm telling you, that was like one of my favorite feuds as a kid to watch because I remember watching those pay per views in '94 live, and I'm sitting there like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> so dude. that was the first thing that popped in my head. Like, okay, the uh, the part where it's just crazy of him saying. You know, it's your fault, Brett, and all that. And just that music was playing in the background. Yeah, I was man. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. That was an epic feud, man. I mean, I, I like, I, again, I told you, I don't, you know, I wouldn't consider myself, like, the deepest knowledge set of, like, pro wrestling. But I've always had a friend. Like, I've always had a close friend who was pretty pretty into it. Like, in, in when I was early childhood, um you know kind of like early 90s uh you know i had one friend who was really into it and then in middle school and high school when i was like you know monday nights i knew my boy was watching rock like i knew that's you know that's what that's what's going down so like if i was coming over to his house you know and that's when i like i remember the first time i got hip to to the rock was through uh, you know through wrestling i think like a lot of people you know but um but yeah, that feud is definitely one that sticks out. I remember the cage match. I remember that very, very uh, clearly. Oh yeah, that's, I mean, it's just, gosh, memories, memories. <laughs> I mean, that was literally the first thing that popped in my head, listening to it again. Like the first time it was more comparing it to other bands. Second time, you know, pro wrestling nerdum kick in. 
And I'm like, okay, yeah. we're going back to 1994. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. But once again, kudos for Nosedive. It's because literally it felt like, okay, the brothers, the brothers' relationship took a nosedive. You know? Yeah, bro. And that's that's you nailed it on the head, dude. Because it's like that's exactly what the spirit of that song is about. It's about a relationship. Like I don't know if you have, and you know, like, but I I personally have, and I know other people who have have lost relationships to things like addiction, to things you know where it's like you know it. Eventually, man, like the longer you're in life, the weirder it gets, and the harder it can be to untangle things like that. And it's almost like trying to answer those questions while the plane is crashing. It's like, is it even worth it? It's just so that was um dang man. Like you got it. You got you you hit that nose down on the head, man. That was awesome. <laughs> hey, I, I <laughs> tried, perfect. man. I, I tried. Perfect. Yeah. On to our uh, our next track. So I'm curious because at first it was kind of like puzzling to try to put the name of the track and the actual feeling of everything together. Yeah. So I'm interested, inquiring minds, mostly mine, <laughs> what to know, what is the backstory behind the next track, Court? Oh, man, another demo. Okay, let's go. New music for any of y'all who are there um who've been to a dinosaur show or watched me play anything recently y'all haven't heard this one so um court man is um it's interesting um i try to with my songwriting i try to give it layers of meaning so that like regardless of what mood i'm in i can kind of speak to one of those meanings and put you know my soul into it so that it has uh like a good flavor to it. Like I, the kind of performance I would want to see from someone. So court, um, that song was about, um, well, I wanted to find a word where you can have this kind of like adversarial relationship between people. Um, and it's not always like a relationship, like you might think it's sometimes it's opponents on a basketball court, a tennis court, uh, it could be a court of law where you've got two opposing sides. Um, and so I think, you know, and, uh, you know, to court someone is like to date somebody, right? Like where you get in this kind of probationary period, feeling each other out. I think there's, there's a lot to that word. Um, and the song kind of plays on that. Um, what, what you, what you will play, I think is going to be a, a snippet of a demo. So it's more to come on it. Um, same thing with nosedive. I'm going to put those out, uh, probably on like an EP, but, um, but yeah, for court it's, you know, trying to take a look at what it's like to 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 be loved or to love it's from the perspective of of a, uh being connected to someone who is is narcissistic and the the idea of how hard it can be to love someone who can not really love themselves um and so um that to me is kind of the spirit is where the song was conceived i would say um and then as far as like as it's like kind of in the womb and it's it's taking this full form um it, it's interesting to watch it evolve so um yeah man that's kind of the backstory behind it you know i was trying to find a song that could uh could speak to that complexity of relationships and um 
and give me some room to play with some words. So it gave me like three or four meanings to the words. So that's kind of the backstory there. From <laughs> <laughs> base based Kips, <laughs> I made it. <laughs> he made it. Actually, yeah, I, I've actually uh, listened to his track uh, where he mentioned he was mad about his ex. Uh, shout out to Base Kip. Uh, He's basically the guy who's created the logos for my show and various other shows. And he even did the logo for his uh, his EP called uh, Low Blow, where he talks oh. about his ex. But I kind of oh, looked at it as a guy's anthem, a post-breakup guy's anthem. Yeah. We have it. We've never had one in the history of music, if you think about it. Women have, Damn, but not you men. Might be right about it. You might be right about that. And I always keep telling Bass Kip, like, you literally started, you know, the first, you know, post-relationship revolution track, because usually it's women that has it, you know. Right, Beyonce's right. Beyonce's done it. Mary J. Bly's done it. You know, even Joe Jett has done it. But yeah. there's never been one for men. Right, right. I, you know, that's going to be like a brain splinter for me, man. I'm going to I'm going to think of it at like three o'clock in the morning. I'll wake up and be like, maybe this one. I don't know. But uh, you got to send me that, man. I want to see Bass Kip or I want to hear Bass Kip's uh, his anthem. Man. Yeah. Bass Kip, if you ever get a chance, Bass Kip is on Instagram. He's everywhere. I'll uh, Bass Kip is if he's still there, have him send the link on the uh, stream and uh, we'll shoot on hell. We'll play it. Yeah. Not tonight, though. Not tonight. This is more <laughs> about dinosaurs. So, <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead with our next track, Court, which is probably it's probably gonna be more interesting now listening to it compared to the first time because it's within a group setting. So, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and check it out. Court by our judge, jury, and executioner, Chris Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
So that's the track, if I remember when I was listening to it last night, that reminded me of not just, uh, I'd probably say some hmm, super unknown Chris Cornell and in terms of the lyrics, but in terms of the tune, it reminded me of a lot of this uh, Japanese punk alternative band called Buck Tick. Uh, if you ever check out a lot of their early music, it okay. really reminded me of that, which I was like, okay, I feel the vibe. And because of that, it, it actually inspired me when I did last night's episode of MWO Comedy Hour to play one of Buck Tick's opening tracks after I was done listening to your stuff. Okay, cool. You know, and as mentioned by Bass Kip, uh, it does have the Audio Slave Nirvana vibes to it. Oh, yo, huge, huge thanks for that, man. Audio Slave and Nirvana, man. Big influences. Appreciate that, Bass Kip. 100%. Oh, Let's see what else we got in the chat. Yeah, I do like Block Party, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yo, he's got me, man. Bass Kip has my number. I love it. I love it. Let's see what we got next comment. Mike is killing me with the beer. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Most people usually look at me with a shock look when I mention some of the bands that I just name dropped. But um, yeah, I, I definitely was digging that one because it has that um, classic alternative vibe to it. And the vocals pretty much kind of sounded like you were channeling your inner Chris Cornell. And I'm like, holy shit. I was like, is this a sample from a Soundgarden demo or is this actually oh, Chris? Man, making me blush, dude. That's uh, But yeah, he's huge, huge influence on me vocally, man. The dude was a wizard, man. Shame he had to leave when he did, but just amazing, amazing talent. Um, so what would you say would be your favorite Soundgarden album? Album? I mean... I don't know, for me, it was just like the song that got me into them and that album was, I mean, the song for me is Black Hole Sun. No you way. Know? Yeah, dude, 100%, man. That was the track that got me into listening to them because I heard them on Beavis and Butthead. Yes, dude. <laughs> Let's go. And that's what got me that into yes, Soundgarden. Dude, 100%, man, that... Yeah, man, it was that it was that song for me. And the music video, remember with like the ice girl had the ice cream and like the sky's all weird. Yeah, man. Back when there was music videos that people watched. Yes. And everyone has like the big crazy eyes doing something with the crazy grin. Yeah. And uh yes, yeah, that was dude, a, yes. that was an interesting music video. It was, man. It was. I mean I thought the weirdest part of that music video was the older lady who's like constantly putting lipstick on. While the muscle yeah. guy is doing push-ups, non. Oh uh, yeah, because it's like this weird family scene out by the pool, you know. Yeah, it's weird. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I remember watching an episode of Family Guy where they impersonated it. <laughs> oh, dude, I haven't seen that one. I, my brother's a huge Family Guy fan. I'm gonna bug him about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like literally, it was a scene where uh, I don't know what it was they were talking about, but it caused um, Peter to copy Black Hole Sun, and his whole face was like, 
doing the big uh, black hole sun was playing in the background. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it just brought man. back memories. But yeah, for, for me, it was that. But it, it's crazy because the first, actually, the first Soundgarden album I bought, ever bought, it was uh, Louder Than Love. Okay. Okay. Right on. Right on. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think the reason being was, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember the MTVX channel? Yes, 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 dude. I remember that. That was there was that time. That's how I was Okay, I remember that channel, bro. That's so that's so crazy, bro. Hell yeah, like that's how I was able to watch all of the Soundgarden videos, the old ones, the new ones. And I was so mad when they took down that channel. Yeah, I don't know what some something like, must have happened on the back end, man. Why why they would do something like that? Because um maybe it had something to do with like yes, dude, Daria. I just saw that pop up in the chat too, man. Daria offshoot of uh Beavis and Butthead, bro. <laughs> Yes. used to call her uh, diarrhea. They called Daria diarrhea. Diarrhea. It's diarrhea. By any chance, did you check out the new Beavis and Butthead movie? No, man. Which one? What's the, which one's the new one? They literally came out with a new movie last month. No, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Have you? Oh, you got you got to see it. It's stupid. It's stupid, but it's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a little stupid as them, you know. But um, dude, you know what's crazy? The man that invented or created whatever uh, Beavis and Butthead, Mike Judge. Oh, Mike Judge. Dude, he's had his hand in so many different, like, kind of like culture, cult classics. Like, I think Office Space was Mike Judge. I think, mm -hmm. like, Silicon Valley is a newer show. That's Mike Judge. King of the Hill was Mike Judge. Um, oh, I, I know I'm King of the Hill. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So, this oh, dude, and yeah, I mean, Mike Judge, what made him, what made him stay relevant was. He didn't stay with the uh, Beavis and Butthead franchise. He went with other things as well, too. You know? Yeah. And it's funny because King of the Hill lasted longer than Beavis and Butthead. A lot. A lot longer. That's yeah. the crazy part. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I get Bobby. But <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm like, yeah, like, I love Beavis and Butthead because, one, that pretty much along with Southern pro wrestling like WCW, that's what got me into listening to rock and roll and heavy metal and alternative music. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you, you got really like think about you know, Megadeth shirt, Guar. You know, they just yeah, man, for sure. Oh yeah, my parents were mad with what I was listening to. That's the devil's music. <laughs> yeah, well, I right. like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's, it's too wild, man. So, like, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, like when you, especially like as as a kid, man, growing up, you're like, 
you hear that stuff and just like a switch goes off you know what i mean like you just it just like it's everything's electric so it's i love that i love that <laughs> i'm telling you it's just it's just wild man like it's i don't know it's just i feel like we the current generation don't understand how great the 90s was with pop culture they really don't yeah well it's like can't blame them though because like now like we had i feel like we didn't have the choice to go out and find what we wanted we had to choose from what was available and i guess that's not too different now but i guess like what i'm getting at is if you have a phone and you can subscribe to things everything's on demand like i i like i'm gonna date myself here a little bit but i remember when you couldn't rewind live tv and now you can but what that meant was like you you know like now i know if i like i'm watching a game or something i gotta get up and use the bathroom or whatever i could do it and i'm not gonna miss anything not just because i can rewind the tv but if i take my phone with me i could probably catch it in in, in you know on my phone it's just it's wild so i think now people are just super saturated with content there's like all sorts of stuff in every place you can find it. You can think of your watch now, man. Like it's crazy with Apple watches and stuff. That you sit there and you could watch a little TV show or something on a little iPad, tiny little iPad. I just remember that was like mind blowing concept when I was growing up. So like we had to pick, bro. Like you know what? Do you do you remember? Do you remember uh, VH1 Storytellers? Yes, I used to stay watching VH1 with. Behind the music, storytellers, pop-up pop up video. video. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it would seem like a- <laughs> Dude, just- <laughs> like- Dude. pop up video. It was just like, you know, yeah. it was, it's uh man, that's crazy. Yeah, but okay, so that's the what I was saying was there's none of that now, bro. That does, there's the, you know, there's like, there's a, a loss of that connection with like music and con and artists and stuff like that now, where it's just like, it's everywhere. Everybody's an artist. Everybody has, and that's fine and everything, but I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying that what that does for people is it makes it hard to know, like, oh man, I got this all you can eat buffet and it's like miles and miles wide. I don't know where to start, you know? So I think that makes it kind of hard for this generation to be like, have like a staple culture. But what's cool though, is that there are still things like, I don't know if you're hip to Stranger Things, but like that show. I've never watched it, but I see why people like watching it when it shows all the nostalgia stuff, like exactly different logos and all that stuff we remember. Like younger kids, they're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. But I feel like a show like that and things, you know, that call back that kind of culture, you know, that'll give the next generation some kind of appreciation for like the golden ages that might have existed before their time, you know? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) oh man. (laughs) Come on, Carly. (laughs) Right, <laughs> real real ones know, man. Pop up video was a thing. <laughs> yeah, like I and it's it's so crazy. Thank God for YouTube. YouTube, 
there's someone out there that's uploading all this shit. And it's so amazing that you can watch all these throwbacks. Like I know one person on YouTube, he's got literally all of the behind the musics posted. All of them. That's sick. I have not looked so into I've that. Been, to watch oh yeah, I've been watching like the Lenny Kravitz one, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Selena. Um, yeah. It's 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 a variation. Like man, that Weird Al Yankovic, which that one. Yeah, I felt like. I don't know. I felt more disappointed with Weird Al being without the glasses and clean cut, worse than a kid finding out Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny's not real. Okay. That hurt me more than finding those two things. <laughs> I feel that. I feel Sweet that. Weird Al without his his, his signature look—he just changes. Yeah, up. yeah. I was like, this this isn't what I want. <laughs> no man, yeah, no, no. Go back, dude. Put it, put, put it back on. Yeah. Yes, no. go back. What brought you to the table? And to me, when he changed his look, the music wasn't the same, in my opinion. Yeah, man. I, you know, it's funny, dude. I, I was thinking about it. Like, there are certain things, like art and and parts of culture that are kind of frozen in the time period they lived in and they won't necessarily and can't necessarily be like resurrected in this time and you know it's like there are movies dude there are movies that i loved growing up that if they were released now no way there's no way they there's no way they would make it you know what i mean like there's just there's oh, a lot not even not yeah. even, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, man, and uh I don't know, are you on TikTok? Hell no. I do not do TikTok. <laughs> it's, it's it's not my cup of tea. No. Hell no. It's <laughs> look, look, my my friend J Rod had to like pull my teeth just for me to do Twitch. I was like, man, let me just do what I want to do and just do straight the audio episodes on YouTube. It's right, like, nah, right. man, Twitch is what it's at, son. And then, <laughs> honestly, doing it on Twitch makes it easier. Doing it on, um, you know, StreamYard makes it easier because, like, yeah. right as soon as this episode ends, I can basically start, you know, prepping everything to upload the episode on Spotify and Apple and Google and Amazon podcasts, which this episode will be on. So everyone has access to checking out Chris Dinosaur and the rest of the Dinosaurs brand. And speaking of brand, on to song number three. So I know you're going to explain the backstory behind Dear Dorian, but my opinion is just me. Because I knew off the bat, I got Soundgarden vibes off all the other tracks. The first thing that popped in my head listening to Dear Dorian was I Awake from the Louder Than Love album, which was based off of a letter written by a bass player, Hiro Yamamoto's ex-girlfriend. Basically, it was her breakup letter to him. And they used it as a track on the album. Wow. Yeah. That's that heavy. was the first thing that... That's I, heavy. 
I love it. I love it. It, it was literally that was there's no nothing added to the track. It's literally just Chris Cornell singing what was on the love letter or the breakup letter. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was literally the letter she left them when they broke it off. Wow. Oh yeah. Back when uh, Hiro Yamamoto was uh, part of the original lineup. I think he was only on. I think he was on that one and Super Unknown, I think. I think. I could be wrong. I'm not. I'd have to check that. I'm not sure. But I definitely remember him on Louder Than Love, for sure. sure. And that's, I mean, that's so heavy, dude, like putting that out there like that. Um, Such a heavy topic. But like, but yeah, yeah, I definitely, I'll, I'll give you the backstory, but it's it's funny, man. That's interesting that you that you pulled that from there. That's very interesting. Very. Oh, how but, so? Well, okay. So uh, Dear Dorian uh, is one of the kind of like lyrically nerdier uh, things that I tapped into. So there's a, um, a book called uh, The... the photo or picture of Dorian Gray is basically it's just the story about um, I, 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 I'm not like a scholar or anything, but it's like the dangers of vanity. Um, right. And it's like it tells a story about this dude who was getting painted and he basically comes to be, he's getting painted because he's like the most beautiful dude in the village or whatever. And so, uh, like, his beauty is kind of like, he's known for it. So he's getting painted. And then this other character says to him, he's like, you know, you're only going to get older. And at some point, that painting is going to be more beautiful than you are. And so this song was kind of like me exploring the topic of trying to, like, think of an older, wiser me or like an older wiser self to a younger self whether that's me or anybody else um kind of that exchange between them of like you know not all the glitters is gold kind of deal and and um you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder and and it's really just the muscles around your eye that changes as time passes and what does that what does that do to the way that you see things so to me dear dorian was kind of um Kind of, kind of talking about the stages of life, I guess, in this conversation between an older and a younger version of the same person. Sounds like a breakup song to me, man. Sounds like a breakup song to me. <laughs> it it sounds, like, like I said, I call him like I see him, you know what I mean? It sounds like one of those it's not you, it's me type of breakup songs. <laughs> Who are you trying to pull, Grant? Yeah, you, you know, and you're not you're not wrong. And there's an Easter egg line in there, definitely, man. Dude, you're uh, you, hey, Mike. You ever seen the movie? Um, you ever seen the movie? Uh, uh, Analyze this with Robert yes. De Niro and Billy Crystal. You know, oh, yeah. there's a, there's a scene there's a scene where where Robert De Niro says to Billy Crystal, he goes, "You, you're good, you, you're good." Uh, this is how I feel about you, man. I feel like I'm on the chair. My, my man's looking at me. He's like, he's like, you know, Chris, he's got like a notebook. He's like, I got to tell you, this uh, this song sounds more like it's in about, it's not you, it's me kind of breakup song. I'm like, whoa, dude's blowing my mind over here. Dr. Mike. <laughs> 
Hey, I do. When 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 I bring a guest on the show and they're a musician, I in any music or material that they bring to the table, yeah, I'm gonna take my time to, uh, you know, listen, dissect. You know, what would I compare it to? How can I relate to it? Is there yeah. a connection? You know, yeah, dude, your tracks, and like I said, I, I chose the three that stood out the most. I like all of them, but I I went with the three that stood out. You know, mm-hmm. and Dear Dory, you know, that was like, ooh. <laughs> I said, this hit a little home. <laughs> this is <hit> way home. <laughs> but I liked it. I liked it because yeah. it was one of those, it was one of those lesson learned type tracks. Absolutely. You know, at least my opinion, just from what I've observed listening to it, I was like, okay, damn, this reminded me of all of my messed up relationships I was in. I wonder I got PTRD, post-traumatic relationship disorder, oh, is real. Men can have it too. Y'all saw what Johnny Depp went through. But yeah, dude. I'm, you're you're so smart. <laughs> 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 I still hate Johnny Depp for that trial. I mean, not hate as in like legit hate, yeah. but hate what I had to go through at that courthouse that day. The opening day of the trial, because I got, you know, I was getting my notary stuff and I'm getting signed in. You couldn't hear nothing as I'm taking the oath because you're hearing people going, I actually see him. It's Johnny Depp. Look, it's Johnny. It's Johnny. And I'm like, Johnny Depp don't pay my bills and he sure as hell is not paying <laughs> this $10 for this rotary, notary fill, I mean, fee that I got to pay for. So. He said, he said, hey, y'all can keep you Johnny Depp. I'm just trying to get my stuff done, homie. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, that's how I feel. And then the traffic getting in and out, because usually everyone's like, yeah, once you get in, you're out, you know, you don't have to worry about anything. Okay. Yeah. And no, I heard I heard that, man. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I knew I know a few people who were there and like just kind of capturing the madness. And I was like, dude. They're like people posted up, like people camped out to see my yes. leave the court. And I, I was literally seeing all of that go down. Wow. You had, I was like, y'all got too much free time. <laughs> I can see if it's like tickets to WrestleMania. I get it, but a Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> yeah, it's a trip, man. But it's amazing because, like, I know people that were there, like. I mean, and they would post up for hours to catch like a few seconds, you know what I mean? Uh, um, and I think like, and I know like I, ha- I had a friend who went and he just like, he was just trying to capture the madness. It wasn't like he was like a Johnny Depp fanatic or anything like that. I mean, not there's anything wrong with that, but he just, he, it was because of him that I was able to see how nuts it was. And I was shocked, Mike. I was like, this is for real. Like I remember, I remember before COVID that you know people would do stuff like that. But I just, uh, it's been a while. So, but anyways, yeah. I mean, it was just it was crazy, and because it was down the street from where I worked at, like lunch break, any type of going home, yeah, throw that out the window. I was purposely working late just so I can deal with decent traffic going back home. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it was that bad. It didn't matter which way you took exiting out of uh, Vienna. It was wild. Because literally Vienna, 
Vienna, Fairfax, Oakton, it all was on that same strip from Maple Plaza, from Maple Avenue going into uh, Chain Bridge. It yeah. was a mess. Yeah, I was, but I was so glad when the uh, when the trial ended. Everyone thought, "Oh, he's he's happy for Johnny Depp." No, I'm just happy the damn trial ended, so I can go <laughs> home at a decent time. Like, it's like I like my lunch breaks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because <laughs> when I take lunch breaks, I leave the campus. I, I don't yeah. stay in my work area, and not just that. That week of you know those two weeks of the trial. All of my shows, I had to push an hour. So I was doing shows from like 9, 9.30 at night just to, you know, accommodate the situation. Right, Because right. it, was, it was wild. It was really wild. Yeah. That, that I'm telling wild. you. It's, it's just, yeah. It's it's one of those, it's not you, it's the trial type situations. Whenever <laughs> I would get home funky. Like, right. Mike, you good? It's not you. It's the trial, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm good. Just, just give me my time. I didn't get because of that. Yeah, trial. just, just give me, just give me five minutes, and you know, just give me five minutes and some, some hot wings. I'm good. <laughs> just leave me alone. <laughs> just let me have my minutes of solitude before I get ready to go on the show. But yeah, it was, it was crazy. But yeah, I can compare that to Dear Dorian too. You know? uh, <laughs> <laughs> got it got it <laughs> I, but but i still love the track like i literally wanted to save the best for last in terms of all the That's demos cool. that were created so i really really like each song there was a connection but this one i really grew a connection with so Dude, thank you so much man i appreciate that. oh no thank you thank you for giving me the opportunity of having you come on here on your very first podcast, you know? Yeah, man. So I, I made sure, like, okay, he's coming on. I'm going to give him my, my typical Mike Thunder best as usual. So that way, after you do the show, once once the show ends, you're not just like, okay, I just, you know, I was on MWO. It was pretty cool. No, I want you to be more like, Oh my God! I was on MW. Did you see that? Wow! Hello, dude. This is like low key. What's gonna happen? It's like can't wait to come back, man. Damn. Check yeah, out that man. like that. That's the reaction I want people to have. Like even Pipe Seven Twenties, like he can't wait to come back, and he is because I think I got him booked for September for anniversary month, which you okay. yourself are more than welcome to come back as well too, oh, because dude, I, to. I am celebrating ten years of podcasting the whole month usually i would do it for a week and do a week longer episodes no we're going the whole month <laughs> okay. 10 years i'm celebrating it big hell yeah no that's awesome man Cong and congratulations i know that's right but incredible. like many people i didn't really get momentum going until the pandemic in 2020 because everyone's at home everyone had free time so what are you gonna do yeah you know if Dude, I feel that. I and that's why that. I started using Twitch, making that Twitch money. So it helped. Every Dude. penny count during that pandemic. Oh, yeah, you can you, yeah, I was, you not I was, get it, man. Yeah, I was not working. I had free time. So I was like, what better thing to do than reinvent who I was? I took a chance. And, you know, awesome. like you mentioned, SNRG, they took a chance on me. Um, other podcasting shows, they took a chance on me, and 
pretty much what I'm doing is just giving back. Yeah. Giving everyone that same opportunity, paying it forward, you know, that, hey, it took people to help me. I'm going to be one of those people to help, you know. But anywho, we're going to go ahead with Dear Dorian. Because <laughs> the way I'm hyping this song, they're probably going to be like, this better be good, damn it. To Dude, me, I know, I know, I know. I'm low-key. I'm like, oh, God, please be the right demo. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, I, like I said, it's. I tell people I'm not going to steer you wrong. If I don't want to go through it, I won't let them go through it. But, no, <laughs> I really, like I said, and once again, like the last two tracks, people, Take that time and use that extra element to pay attention to the lyrics and the timing of everything. I am still baffled that y'all did this in one take. Well, Mike, so, so good. what's crazy? Dude, actually, these these songs, these demos you have, I I did all the parts for them myself in GarageBand. That's what you're hearing. Are you serious? Yes, bro. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And that's like, I'm in, I'm in this band with other folks who do the same thing, but they're for their own songs. You know what I'm saying? So, so what you did tonight, bro, I'm so pumped. Like I'm going to low key. I'm going to be real with you. I was sweating, listening to those songs being, being played out, knowing like, oh my God, they're out in the open now and they're demos, but, but it's good. You know, it's good. It's good. Bro, I, I, I love it. Like, and like I said, I love the backstory on each one. And I love how I like to compare and contrast to, well, pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Or just life in general. So, and I think our viewers, based on the views, they can relate to it because the views have been up and up and up. So that tells you right there, people are digging your music. Keep doing what you're doing. I you know, that, man. so no need to sweat. <laughs> you know, seriously, it's, that, it's, it's good shit, man. Thank and you. once again, <laughs> let's check it out <laughs> said, for the fifth time. <laughs> Dear Dorian by Chris Dinosaur. <laughs> let's check it out, everybody. Yeah.
Okay, so listening to the track again, I feel like we're in 1998. Yeah. And it's The Undertaker's Feud with Kane. Dude, and another. And we'll hyped up from like 97 when Kane first came on all the way to the Inferno match. I was literally like thinking of the highlights in my head while listening to it and all the events from like then all the way to. Shit. <laughs> That's so dope, man. That's so I'm, dope. I'm literally like visualizing October 97 all the way to March 98 where, you know, they did the Inferno match and all that. I was like, holy shit. I'm literally like thinking of like the feuds and the way that's hyped up. Like, oh my gosh. I'm like thinking of Kane's debut, and then I'm thinking of Royal Rumble where Kane set the coffin on fire that Undertaker was in, and then Undertaker comes back, and they have the match at Mania, then they have the return match with the Inferno match, and then like right at the ending, um, the last visual I had as the song ended was the Undertaker doing his pose as the ring was like up in flames still. I was like, holy shit. I should have been a video editor man dude yeah man that fits dude that's like, all, that's incredible. seriously i should have like that just the timing of thinking of that my god uh, yeah and that i would love to see that like a like a montage of clips you know what i mean with that just oh that's that sick but honestly and and i was talking with the the guys from peak bay live about it when i did their episode um right now a lot of people a lot of local musicians honestly do you know where they're making their bread and butter at pro wrestling shows okay having their music used for Wait, you cut out for a second that you're saying uh a lot of artists now peak bay live was saying that they make their bread and butter where no i was telling them that a lot of musicians make their bread and butter having their music played at wrestling shows or being used for highlight reels or wrestlers' entrances. Like, prime example, big prime example. There's this one small independent rapper who blew up named Josiah Williams, and he pretty much does his music based off of pretty much freestyling about a wrestler and coming up with a beat off of it or a remix of their theme song. Another one, too... You know, I don't know if you're a big rap fan, but Smoke Dizza. Smoke Dizza every year around WrestleMania, he'll do a track, he'll do a small uh, EP called Ringside. And it's okay. a bunch of rapping remixes of wrestlers' theme songs. He does it every year, every WrestleMania. He would come out with a new, uh, oh no, he stopped doing it. 
Kip, I thought he came out with another one for uh, this past year. I think he did one for this year. I could be wrong. But I remember he did it every WrestleMania. He would come out with a ringside out. Where yeah, it's basically- no, I, can, I can see that now. Like I just I just peeped his, his stuff on, on Google, but that's yeah, that makes oh, sense, man. But yeah, that's where and, and mind you, that's been going on since the 80s. Yeah. It all it all started with like, you know, WCW and world class championship wrestling, like they were pretty much using music from other musicians and you know that's what got me listening to bands like ted nugent guns and roses that's what i remember the steiner brothers used to come out the welcome to the jungle true yeah and the crowd would go ape shit every time it plays right right because they would cut the intro to where it go just straight doom 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 yeah yeah to where as soon as you hear it you just want to suplex or frankenstein somebody <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's 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 facts like yeah it's 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 networking. I mean even Wale Wale has his own wrestling show around That's WrestleMania cool. called Wale Mania. And he did a track for Big E in WWE when he won the world title and he went on his singles run. He had like his own track too that Wale made. I'm telling you, it's everywhere. People People see money in pro wrestling. Snoop Dogg, prime example. Snoop Dogg got his cousin, one of the top stars in WWE. You know, how many people can say my cousin was rapping to my interest theme at a WrestleMania? She can. Sasha Banks can definitely say it. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's people, as much people jokingly say pro wrestling's fake, there's money in pro wrestling if you're a musician i mean dude it's a yeah there's money where there's eyes and where there are people who actually get butts in seats and i don't i don't care who you are like you can't deny like there's another uh another buddy of mine um that he he actually works for twitch and like he'll travel sometimes and we'll go and he'll be at at a city and he'll go to a wrestling event the venue and the place is packed bro like people go like it was any headlining concert you could think of and so like there are people there who paid good money to be in those seats and if a song comes on and they like that song they're gonna be like oh shit, who's that and then the next thing you know they're putting butts in seats for the band and not for the wrestling event so i i think you're 100 spot on man that's a really good point oh yeah and and the crazy part is you're living in an area that is pro wrestling royalty, the mid-Atlantic area. You are living around pro wrestling history. Baltimore, from Baltimore all the way to Fairfax and Norfolk, you are literally in between wrestling history. Yeah, man. No, that's you're not you're not wrong. I mean you obviously you know you know your stuff man about about the uh the legacies there um but yeah that's you're not you know i've never really thought about it like that though matter matter of fact base kid once again gave a uh, he could see you doing an entrance song for uh all elite wrestling's darby allen who has this like dark character where he has like half of the face paint he comes out in the skateboard and he does off the wall crazy shit okay. like 
Oh yeah, I could I could definitely I I agree with you, base Kim. I could see uh, Chris Dinosaur doing a track for someone like a Darby Allen or even the House of Black. If it wasn't for uh, them doing having someone else do their track because of someone they knew, and I know Brody King, he has his own band called God's Hate, and they get sold out sold out crowds because they know the lead singer Brody King, pro wrestler, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm looking at him now. Like, that's uh, that's pretty cool, man. I appreciate that. Thanks I'm telling you, man, pro, pro wrestling is where it's at, man. It's the money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like, seriously, but. I mean, that, you know, that, that'd be cool. Like, I dig, you know, a little bit of coin never hurt anybody. But the, um, the cool thing to me is, like, when people vibe, to the music you know what i'm saying like it's just oh, yeah. it was so cool to hear you like connect with those songs and kind of think about then and say like you were like it's this sounds like an it's not you it's me song i'm like my guy my guy got it like yeah. you know it's it cool really, man and, and, and that to me is is huge so <clears throat> thank you so much oh yeah dude thank you first off thank you for you know giving me permission to play your tracks and you know, okay, well, bass kit wants the guitar riff at the beginning of his song. I fell is the riff from the last few seconds of Sirius, the Chicago Bulls theme. Okay, the Alan Parsons project. Sick. The guitarist for every time I die is a wrestler in AEW. Okay. Oh, you're talking about um the butcher from the butcher and the blade. I know exactly who you're talking I think that's the right band he's in. Because technically, there's three musicians in AEW. The Butcher, Brody King, and, of course, Chris Jericho. Because he got Fozzie, which is crazy. Fozzie's been... My first CD ever that I bought was Fozzie in 2000. Ever. <laughs> first CD. That's, that's... Yeah, Fozzie... And all they were doing was doing covers for like Twisted Sister, Motley Crue, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica. I mean, yeah, they got permissions off of it, but mm -hmm. if you ever get a chance on YouTube, look up the Fozzie mockumentary where the backstory behind Fozzie was at the time. It was a group of uh, Ben members who were promised a record deal in Japan. And as they were writing music, it got stolen and they stole the music and the record company was selling it to other bands to make money off of. Okay. I pulled it up right now. I'm going to watch it. It sounds yeah, awesome. like some of, some of the, uh, some of the covers were actually better than the original. Like I'll go as far enough to say, I like Jericho's version of live wire better than uh, Vince Neal's. Okay. I stand by that shit. Okay. Black blackout. I think was better than Black Sabbath version because wow. it was more up to speed and heavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, Jericho, he's got that 80s rock. Eddie, not Eddie, but um, what's his name? Uh, the first lead singer of Van Halen, uh, David Lee Roth. Yeah. I, I, I see him more as like a, a 2000s to 2020s David Lee Roth. And it's funny because 
<laughs> Jericho played this character named Moon Goose McQueen and kept saying that he that Chris Jericho copied all of his stuff and all that. And they even did an episode of Sunday Night Heat where you saw regular Jericho outside of WWF New York with like, you know, a beard talking about some, yeah, Fozzie's here. We can't wait to see you. And I'm like, okay, we're going to see Mongoose McQueen with a beard and everything. Uh-uh, he showed up <laughs> clean cut highlights. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe Jericho's not Mongoose. Like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yes, the whole backstory behind it. It's it's a funny uh it's a it's a funny mockumentary because uh originally the members of Fozzie was in a band called Stuck Mojo, which was a band that honestly got famous for being used in a music video Diamond Dallas Page was in. Okay. So I mean, hey, whatever whatever gets you kick started. Yeah. It, once again, music and pro wrestling it goes hand in hand. Yeah. I, but, I'm uh, seeing that. I, I definitely dig that last track. I, I, I really I really like that. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate so, I appreciate that. Because I can I, like I said, it, it 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 took me back to those memories. And once again, lesson learned, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> when really yeah. it is you, I'll take accountability type deals but i loved it I, I loved it you know that's awesome man i'm glad to hear it and that's uh I, I thank you so much for playing it dude i can't like i don't know that i would have played that and now people could listen to it or they'll be able to listen to it on spotify they go to the podcast that's the only place they'll be able to hear it bro like it doesn't it's not out anywhere else on it not yet and until the ep is going to be coming out so uh thank you so much for that oh no problem you hear it first on Mike World Order. And if you ever need someone to host a virtual listening party when you release it, let me know. We do MWO Radio with our very own DJ Mike Son from Japan, who looks very, very familiar. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been told I look like the character, but I'm like, I don't speak Japanese. He's talking Japanese throughout the whole show. It's, it's not me. But apparently... <laughs> I've been told I resemble DJ Mike's song. Okay. 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 So it's like <laughs> we might have a little bit of a Fozzie situation on our hands here. Sound exactly, like man. <laughs> <laughs> I think they only seen him on MWO Live once, and that was for a Royal Rumble, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he popped in. No one understood what the hell he was saying, but I did. Love it. Love it. I was watching from home, like. <laughs> I love it. People, I'm sure it's, people are saying that this DJ Mike Son guy is, it's not me. It's, it's not me. Looks right. like me. There's, there's a resemblance, but it's not, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a high resemblance, you know, but it's, guys, <laughs> listeners, I am not DJ Mike Son. <laughs> <laughs> Kip, I hate you talking about some faces of thunder. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> it is not me. <laughs> On that note, we're going to go ahead and take a, a quick intermission. We're going to play um, 
one of your live clips. Now, correct me if I mispronounce it, but I think the name of the track is called uh, Petrachor. Petrachor. You picked Petrachor. Petrachor. That's okay. dope. Yeah, that's dope. Cool. Okay, so I, I mean, it's not the full performance, but it's enough for people to get a taste yeah. to where, like, if you want to hear the whole track, check out Dinosaurus Live at your yeah. local areas in Northern Virginia. Yeah, but, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I was digging that, too, because it had that Dave Matthews band feel to it. But then you changed up on it during the song. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm hearing three different things, and I'm like, it was blowing my mind, to be honest. It was blowing. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I was like, okay, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> That's what you want. That's like, what you want. I love it. And and it's funny because every time we have a guest on the show, we give them a moniker or a nickname or a gimmick. But based on that track, I might as well just refer to you as the element of surprise. Because... <laughs> I love it. Petrichor was basically, yeah, best way to describe it. It was the element of surprise. And it literally stayed me hooked because one moment you're sounding like Dave Matthews band. Then one moment you're sounding like Masayoshi Takanaka. Like one moment it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, this song is like 12 minutes long. And it's like, dude, I love all the increments that you put into it. It's you perfect. might, you know, what might have happened. Actually, this might be perfect, Mike, because what you might have caught in that live performance will be if, if I think what you're what you're talking about is going to be actually a song by River Rapkins called I think called Coloring Book. So what you'll hear is Petrichor go in. We'll we'll pause, and then if if it's the right part that I think you're talking about, we're going to go into Coloring Book, which is actually by River Rapkins and. Dude, he is definitely someone you should bring on your show. He's uh, he's he's a character, and um, and, and so yeah. If, if if it's if I'm not mistaken, but we we'll talk after the after the intermission. Yeah, we'll, yeah, definitely. We'll we, we would love to bring him on. I mean, we got a whole month of episodes to fill in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there's I'm and most I'm telling everyone now that's watching, follow, subscribe, because. Most of these episodes, I'm not saying when I'm going to do them. I might do an episode at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night just for fuck's sakes. So yeah. tune in all September for the 10th anniversary where you're going to get a little bit of everything. Who knows? Y'all might see me do karaoke one night. You never know. You never know. I'm still getting requests of me being Asian Barry White. So... <laughs> oh, we gotta hear that. <laughs> you you wasn't at the Fourth of July block party? Um, no, dude, I missed it. The uh, the over a crescendo. Yeah. No, man, I missed it. I was, All right, I so, was so, yeah. so before we take the the quick intermission, uh, I'll be quick because everyone knows that watches the show knows <laughs> about the July Fourth. <laughs> so. I was, uh, so they were doing all these, they were doing performances, they were doing pretty much a little bit of everything. So the last hour, two hours maybe, they were doing karaoke. Okay. And one of my friends 
Monette, she was watching, she watched the podcast on the regular, and she said my raspy voice reminded her of an Asian Barry White. Okay. And you know, when you have that one friend that just keeps gassing your head up like, like, you know what? I think you can pull off that one Barry White. So I'm like, come on, quit playing. And then, you know, <laughs> I felt like I was being plotted because right afterwards, Chris, um, Pr- Priscilla Paris from P2 Bar Events, yeah, she yeah. one of her homemade cocktails, talking about some, which one would you like? And I was like, well, which one's good? She said both of them. I said, well, I'll take both. So <laughs> after I drank both, I was... I was ready. I looked at, looked at my <laughs> homie. I said, I said, you know what? I think I can do this. You know? So I love it. <laughs> not, I know I'm not Asian, but I guess I'm honorary Asian now. I mean, I open up my cabinets. I'm told I, I'm more Asian than Asian people. I don't know. I that's how, that, I've always been that way. But that's a different story. So... I ended up playing one of Barry White's tracks, and I was the last one performing. And mind you, it's 12 in, 12 in the morning, yeah. and we still got a packed house. Right. So people, and it was mostly the women. So I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> I told Julian to play uh, Never Never Gonna Give You Up by Barry White. Okay. And literally, go. I'm grabbing the mic. <laughs> I'm grabbing the mic, singing it. And then I got off the stage and started walking. And any table that had like women at, I'm like singing to them, looking at them, <laughs> holding their hand, passing by. And then right when it got to, you know, your typical intermission song before they close it with the, you know, repeated chorus. Yeah. So as that was going on, I grabbed a chair for one of the tables and I'm like looking around seeing who I could pick. I was like, okay. I see Christina Sison. She's pretty much got named the ambassador for Great American Bash in July. So right before we did the first episode where I was like, you know what? I'm going to need a reason for people to watch the first episode that she's going to be on in July. So I looked at her, I was like, come here. I was like, yeah, yeah, you come here. So I literally, as she was walking up, I took her by the hand and like like a gentleman, sat her yeah. to the chair. And as soon as like she sat down at the chair, this woman is like giggling and blushing her butt off. And the reason why is because of this. <laughs>
That's awesome, yo. That was awesome. Yo, Mike, Mike's got moves, yo. Yeah, y'all don't know. That was the first and only time I've ever sung in front of anybody. Are you 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 serious? Yeah, I've never performed none of that. The close the closest thing other than me performing what? like that in front of people was when I did Olympic weightlifting. And all I had on was my singlet and weightlifting shoes in front of hundreds of people. Dude, no, nah, no. Nah. Well, I mean, that's where the I guess the confidence, man, and the courage. But dude, you're like a natural performer. That was incredible. No, no. I have no, let me tell you something. I have the worst self-esteem. Like I tell people there's a difference between actual Mike and Mike Thunder. I always jokingly say Mike Thunder is everything that I and too scared to be in public. Whereas wow. Mike Thunder, he pretty much, it's like Sherman Clump and Buddy Love. Mike Thunder's <laughs> Buddy Love. <laughs> Buddy Love. <laughs> <laughs> you said spandex. Everything spandex. Yeah, give me everything spandex. Spandex. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, that's, yeah, the no, that's good, yo. Base Kip got it on the head, too. Yeah, Mike Thunder is Tyler Durden. And Mike, Mike is <laughs> Yo, that's... I mean, it's... When, when I go live, yeah, it's 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 just like wrestling. It's a character. Like that's crazy. Yeah, but I, really I hear think that. About <laughs> but I hear that. I love that character. And because of that, you know, when you when you tap more into that character, you know, you come up with more ideas, you come up with more concepts. Once again, this is where I have to, unfortunately, not saying that in a bad way, because he's so humble, put base Kip over when it comes to his designs. We mentioned the Steiner brothers, right? Yeah. Rick Steiner has a son in WWE who goes by the name of Braun Breaker. And he's basically, he looks just like Scott. Sounds like Scott, wrestles like Rick, but his logo always stood out because it's like very Steiner Brothers, yeah. colorful. And I told Base Kip, I was like, Base Kip, this is the image I want for my logo because I'm like the biggest Steiner Brothers, Braun Breaker fan, all of that. So, yeah. not even what Base Kip took you, what 20 minutes, not even that, and boom. <laughs> Mike Thunder. <laughs> like. Just like that. I fell in love with that logo. It's on t-shirts, aprons. Dude, I, I can see that. I can see that on a hoodie like the one I'm wearing. You know what I mean? We got white hoodies. We got white hoodies of Mike Thunder. We got white and black hoodies. Yeah. You know? We, we got all that. Man, we got Mike Thunder logos on coffee mugs, Yeti uh water bottles like oh yeah like i got a store and everything to where people can buy it you know we do regular t-shirts premium t-shirts only difference is premium lasts a bit longer but it's worth every penny i mean yeah it's about five bucks more but you see where it goes and i'm probably one of the few shirt vendors that goes up to six or seven X with t-shirts. Got you. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, with the t-shirts, do y'all do that with the hoodies too? Oh yeah, we do hoodies, cooking aprons, baby shirts, kid shirts. I cover it all. Women's. Yeah. But I do but I do unisex hoodies because let's be honest, men out there, beware. It's pumpkin spice latte season. You better hide <laughs> your hoodies. Hide your I hoodies. That's facts, man. A good hoodie, a good hoodie is hard to hard to hold down. I, I guess I would say they have a way of disappearing. Exactly. And so far, I think I've only had two of my t-shirts disappeared. Okay. Not lucky, just two. Most people it's right. like 20 or 10 shirts in a hoodie. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I, I pride myself in holding on to some of my good hoodies. You know what I mean? They're just it's, it's something about them, man. And we're in that season. I love a good hoodie. So I'll, I'll check out. I'll peep the store, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, matter of fact, the link is on my uh, Instagram page where it's basically I I sold out. I created a link tree page like everyone else. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else got their link tree. And it's Guilty. just easier. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just easier. I, I like it. You can buy the merch. You can add me on Twitter. You can add me on Instagram. You can, uh, you know, check it out on Spotify, Apple, Google. I mean, I'm on podcasts that's in different languages that I can't even pronounce or translate. Like, that's why I was like, dang, Mike World Order is finally being invested, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's, but uh, we're gonna go ahead and go into a quick intermission, play the uh, the the, uh, the actual live clip, and then we're gonna go to our favorite segment, dude talk. People in the group chat, get your questions ready. If you're too scared, don't worry. I got plenty of questions to ask, anyways. So that being said, we're gonna go ahead, and I'm probably gonna once again butcher the name of the track, but. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna let you say it because I'm not gonna Petricor. Okay, I'm not gonna risk fucking it up twice. So <laughs> <laughs> you good, bro? You good? Petricor live, and I, if I if I remember correctly, based on the date that you sent me, this was on the eighth of August. Mm-hmm. So what's the backstory behind uh, the performance there, and uh, where was the location at? Because I was not familiar with it. Yeah, sure. No, so that was a gig that uh, the bass player from from the band Dinosaurus got us. Uh, so Massimo, if you're out there listening, or if you stumble across this again, thank you so much. Um, so he he plays in a few different bands, and what happened on that night, I think like a week and a half or two weeks out, um, there was a band that had dropped out, and they were looking to fill in for three bands at this place in D.C. called The Pocket um, at Seven Drum City. So it's it's a really interesting place, by the way. If, if y'all are ever um, in that like North Capital area, um, or is it North Massachusetts? I can't remember. But look it up. Seven Drum City. So point is, um, we got uh, invited to play on that show with a couple of other bands. Shout out to Vampires in Saigon, and, and shout out to Rosie Chima and What She Dreamed uh, for for headlining, and then also for including us in that bill. Um, 
but yeah, so we got to put together like a 30 minute, um, 30, 35 minute set and did a mix of songs that I wrote, some songs that River Rapkins wrote and um, performed them as dinosaurs. So you guys are going to hear a couple of those songs now uh, played live with myself on guitar, vocals, uh, River on keys and vocals, Massimo on bass and Seth Baylor on drums. Nice. Nice. I, I likes that. I digs that. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and uh, once again, Petrichor. I got it right, didn't I? You got it. You nailed it, bro. Hell yeah. All right, let's play. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs>
All right. This next one's called Coloring Book. And uh, this one's about um, when you see someone not the way they are, but the way you want them to be. Yes, it is. Wait, that, that's correct, right? Okay. <laughs> yes, it is Coloring Book. Thanks, man. Um, that was um, that last song right there at the end, Coloring Book. That's a perfect segue um, and intro to River Rapkin's music. So shout out for for those of y'all want to give him uh, give him a listen. He's an amazing musician uh, and is uh, yeah, he's the dude on the on the piano solo, man. He um, really talented. He plays pretty much every instrument, too. Um, and you can check him out on Spotify, Apple Music and, and everything. Um, river rapkins so uh that's one that he wrote bro and he um and so we put a set together where we kind of alternate so it'd be like play one of mine play one of his play one of mine that kind of deal so okay i I definitely fucks with it it sounds like music i would hear at the bar most likely a brewery yeah and just shooting the shit with a bunch of friends while drinking beers but I just love the transition of it where it was like, okay, we went from this style to like this style. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's what, and that's what we wanted, you know? That's what you wanted. Like it's, uh, it, it really does give a, a different kind of feel to the, to the vibe of the evening. And it's kind of like there's something for everybody. You know what I mean? And that's what you want. Um, these days, most, people, and I'm not saying musicians, but in order to really cover all corners, you have to learn how to accommodate, you know, and uh, cater to the audience. But you want to cater to them on your terms with your ideas, not trying to be, you know, cookie cutter something else. Yeah, so. Right. That's just my personal. 
No, I think I think you're I think you're spot on, man. Like that night, the other bands that played were totally each band was like a totally different genre kind of style. Um, and everybody was just like, you know, I fuck with it. Like I, I dig what y'all are playing and like we didn't show up to see you, but we're sitting here listening to you and we we dig it. And that was kind of true of everybody in the audience. So it was pretty cool, man. By the end of the by the end of the show, man, somebody stage dived. I couldn't believe it, man. That's never I believe you know, it. Cause it it uh it also reminds me. So you know when you see those movies from okay, prime example from our generation, the yeah. American Pie series. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like something I would hear on a scene on American Pie, or any crazy ass movie that we've seen in that time frame that always played that type of music. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. It's got. Yeah, so it's it's interesting, man. Like, we we've assembled in uh, a kind of diverse group of of styles and sounds, and each one of us tries to do like like you heard my songs like '90s inspired, but then I'll write a song like Petrichor that's like a little bit different, you know what I mean? Right. And just just does try to do different things. So. It's more upbeat, but it's also a track that you can pretty much use for any scenario. Yeah. You know, a part a house party a live party or you're chasing the girl that you want to get with yeah. the most dramatic moments like i gotta get to the train station this year you get in yeah. the car as it's playing and you're driving you're speeding and you don't care because you got cops surrounding you and then as soon as you like pull over and you're running to the bus station and you're like trisha don't leave me <laughs> i swear it's gonna be different this time yeah it's, it's a lot of that yeah exactly like it just okay coloring book sounds like it could have been played on jackass dude yeah yeah i can see it especially jackass 2 the movie yeah some of the shit they were doing in it fuck it i might watch that after the show (laughs) 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 but yeah i i loved it i fucks with it and and like i said once again thank you for trusting in me in terms of you know, showing off your uh, craft. Thank much, you. Much, much respect. So, you know, a, a big thank you on uh, your behalf for uh, giving me that, you know, leeway of confidence to say, hey, I trust you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. But here yeah. we go to the, but here's the fun part of the show now. <laughs> Dude talk. Let's get it. For those who watch the show on Thirsty Thunder Thursdays, well, now Tuesdays, as it's called, um, yeah, we pretty much do random questions. We do the random five where we play five random wrestling clips, but we're not doing that part. But we are going to do the the dude talk of the random questions. And we're going to go with Base Kip starting it off. Do you like Dismiss? Yes, I do. I definitely do like the Smiths. Um, Morrissey's a interesting cat, you uh, like as as a person, um, but as a singer, as a musician, lyricist, awesome. Um, and uh, and yeah, totally, totally do do them. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you one that's uh, right out of left field, you know. So what's the craziest Wi-Fi you ever logged into? 
the craziest Wi-Fi I've ever logged into. Yep, name wise. Um, Sagundis. What? Sagundis, which is which is a kind of code for 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 suck on these, but it's Sagundis. Uh, okay, now it makes sense after you broke it down. <laughs> now that I hear it, okay, I'm stealing that, by the way. <laughs> I'm, st- yeah. I'm definitely stealing that, sir. <laughs> that's, the weird, that's the weirdest Wi-Fi I think I've ever logged into. And I was like, yo, that, like, I try to pride myself in being a creative dude with words, but that's another level. <laughs> I like that. I mean... I logged into one where the guy was uh, (laughs) the Wi-Fi login was Big Daddy Yummy. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I was like, this one, that one's yours? He's like, yeah, that's mine, man. Oh. (laughs) He's like, you can still log in. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to rely on my data. (laughs) It's all good. You know, I'm I'm good. Big Daddy Yummy. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> we're still taking questions. I know uh, Basekip mentioned a, a different delay going mobile, but I'll keep it going. So let's see. And the ad, oh, yeah, we, we get ads. This is why we say people out there on Twitch, if you don't want to deal with the ads on the show, because that's what helped put money in my pocket, uh, subscribe. For those who are too cheap to subscribe $4.99 a month, if you have Amazon Prime, something you pay damn near $15 a month for, you get to subscribe for free. You don't have to pay the $5 a month. So just throwing that out there to you Amazon users out there. You can be subscribed on Mike World Order for free if you link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account and subscribe. So, that being said, stop being cheap. Because <laughs> <laughs> technically, you're not getting it for free because you're paying $15 a month for Amazon Prime. What's the difference? You're paying three, technically, you're paying three times more yeah. than if you were going to pay regular subscription on the show. That's pretty cool, though, that if you've got an Amazon Prime membership, you can get Twitch like automatically. Oh, gosh. Look, here goes the first out of left field from J-Rod numero uno. Are you a, well, a boobs or an ass man? So I guess, you know, for me, I'm like, you ever heard the expression, you want to have your cake and eat it too? Uh, I I do. I do love cake. Um, So I'll leave it at that. (laughs) <laughs> but no actually no I, I guess what i was trying to say is i mean both <laughs> i mean i'm just being honest you know i mean, what I, mean? I i just like both i like both yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. i can look one can be better than the other i mean i like both <laughs> right and right right and I think it's funny because the numbers went up right as soon as you answered. <laughs> we just hit a spike on a. Oh god! Wow. Okay. Alrighty. 
So, um, yeah. So, what's the weirdest thing you ever done at a guest house? The weirdest thing I've ever done at a guest house. You said we keeping this PG thirteen. I mean, <laughs> I want the assumption that you like pipe seven twenty that you're a family man with kids. Uh, that was my <laughs> assumption. That's how I was with pipe because you know. He's like, I just, because his job and he's a family. I was like, look, I got you, man. I said, I got that vibe off of you off the bat. I said, trust me, I know how to accommodate with anybody and anyone. So we can throw PG out the window. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. I'll put, I'll put it to you this way. I went to, um, I went camping at a friend's house. So it wasn't, wasn't what you would call like a guest house, guest house. Because they had like, um, this dude lived in Pennsylvania out in the country and he was coming back after it was after college and uh yes <laughs> how deep you want to go in the rabbit hole but, okay um so so we went i went to go visit him uh he was having this like party fourth of july party invited like 30 people the only rule was just bring your own tent so the weird the weirdest thing that i've ever done in a guest house was i guess go to sleep in a bed other than the one that was assigned to me <laughs> and wake up in the bed that was assigned to me. That's probably the weirdest thing. I teleported in the middle of the night. I went to sleep in one bed and then woke up in another bed. Um, I guess Man, that I guess like, there's a long story behind that. How, how, how that I got sounds like you got trashed. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like you was Axl Rose that night. <laughs> I, had, I had a beverage or two, you know. Um, but uh, <laughs> first off, two drinks will never have me end up with in one than the other. Yeah, yeah. Unless no. I'm not in there alone. No, like, it's like a it's like a slip and slide. Yeah. Um. It was. Um. Well, yeah, was <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of my favorite episodes now. <laughs> Just because a dude talk, <laughs> and you and people wonder why they tried to come back on the show. Let's <laughs> bring back for dude talk now. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. We can skip the music, bro. Just more, give me more <laughs> of the dude talk. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else in the group chat got questions? I'm going to keep it going. I literally had a list of just random ass shit that I was thinking of just to catch people off guard. But I'm just laughing because you're confidently like, <laughs> just caught each answer. Boom. I was like, dang. <laughs> like normal reaction. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> Most people would have been like, um, well... <laughs> They're like, yeah, I did it. What? Twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was just, I was just be real. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what's the absolute worst name you would give a child? Ooh. On some real, probably my own. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't be like I feel like I wouldn't want to give a, a child my name. You know what I mean? To to be like a junior, you know. Chris Dinosaur Junior. I mean, that's kind of. Yeah, I could I could see that, Chris Dinosaur Junior. I'd have to legally change my name to Dinosaur though. I mean, <laughs> if the money was right, I would legally change my <laughs> name to Mike Thunder. He's a <laughs> just yeah. to be that guy, <laughs> just just to be that person. I'm yeah. I mean, I could see that. Oh, got another question popping up there. Nirvana or Pearl Jam? That's a oh, tough one. Yeah, that is definitely a tough one. Um, hold on, let me. You know what? I'm gonna do this in real time for y'all, and we're just All gonna. Right. I'm gonna put it. My Spotify can't lie, so I'm gonna look up both bands and see who I have more saved songs by. Nirvana. I mean, that's one way of doing it. I got 17 songs saved. Oh boy. Uh, and then I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little deeper layer on that. 10 songs. So Nirvana wins. Nirvana wins by seven songs. Um, and see, Carla, Carla D said Pearl Jam. Bass Kip said Pearl Jam. Personally, I like Nirvana more than Pearl Jam. I probably got more Nirvana songs saved. I think I only got like maybe two Pearl Jam songs saved. Okay. So here's a question back at the chat then. Best Pearl Jam song. Ooh. Even Flow. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> Even Flow is stitched into pro wrestling. Thank you, Raven, for naming your finisher after a, a Pearl Jam song. Hell the yeah. Even Flow DDT. Dude, I was I was stuck on Better Man this morning. Actually, I actually pulled out my guitar and I was I was uh, practicing that song today. I didn't care too much for Better Man. Evolution is probably my top favorite. Okay. Oh, dude, Daughter is solid, man. Such a okay. good song. That is such a good song. Alive is another good one. Dude, yeah, alive. Maybe, maybe, maybe I liked all of his crazy songs like Animal and Evolution. Yeah, I mean, so many. Dude, I watched a video about Eddie Vedder. Uh, it was a compilation of all his crazy stage climbs. Oh yeah, like he did on Even Flow, and then there was the the MTV Unplug where he he stands on top of the stool. And starts marking his arm and all that. Yeah, yeah, man. No, they were they were Pearl Jam was a, they went hard. They definitely went hard. Last I mean, kiss, dude. That is that that song has such a soft spot for me, man. Um, that is my mom's like favorite song of all time. Oh wow. Yeah. So. That's a solid pick. Solid pick. So what would you say since everyone picked Pearl Jam, what would you say was probably your favorite Nirvana song? Or songs? Ooh. Yeah, favorite Nirvana song for me? Um, I really like, like, I, 
I was going to say lithium or aneurysm, but I think, I think probably heart shaped box. I'd have to go with a negative creep for me. Oh, dang. Okay. Carla D says lithium. Okay. Yeah, that was solid. It was in there. It was in the first breath of songs for me, for sure. That's yeah. a solid. Oh, man. I, me, I just like listening to wild music while I'm in the gym or I'm uh, in the car going, you know, 80 and 65 at Easy Pass. Oh, dude, you know, you know what gets me for that? The Nirvana song for that for me is probably Breed or, or Territorial Pissings. Pissings. Oh, sh come on, people now. Follow your brother. Everybody get together and follow one another right now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Goes on. Unpl oh man, unplugged was. Yeah. Wasn't unplugged one of his last major. Yep. TV appearances before he died. It was man. They were trying to like that. That show almost went bad for so many reasons. He yeah. was like <sighs> struggling to stay clean. Like they, you know, gotten him out of out of rehab basically, and trying to like keep him off of heroin basically and mtv got him a bunch of these drugs to so that he could basically just perform that show um because he had like he was throwing up and he was just like curled up on a sofa um and so there there were a lot of a lot of factors that went into that show almost not being successful and then it went from that to being maybe one of their best concerts ever and probably one of the best episodes of Unplugged. Yeah. Yeah. During that era. I mean, I know they came back, you know, 10, 15 years later. And right. it still didn't have that same vibe. I think I think probably the only one I remember watching that was worth watching for me was uh Corn. And yeah. It was weird listening to their music in acoustic form. I was like, okay. Even though Freak on the Leash with Amy Lee joining in. Yeah. That was, that was dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was dope. But which brings me to my next question, since we're on the subject of Kurt Cobain when he was on the drugs. Now, this yeah. is just me saying conspiracy theory. I have, my, I have my theory about it. Others have theirs. But do you think Kurt did it? What happened? In terms of taking his own life. Do I think he did it? Yep. Ooh, I mean, I know what you're talking about. Um, I think he did. I, I do. Think I think Courtney Love did it. You do? Because the same time frame of his death, she was messing around with her guitarist from old. A lot of people didn't know that. You think she and there was still, there were still a couple. That's heavy. Plus, I mean, plus the toxicology report showed he was so high on, you know, heroin that it was impossible for him to pull the trigger his own self. 
unless he built that high of a tolerance. That would probably be the only way I could believe it. Unless his tolerance was that high, he could have done it. Otherwise, I think Courtney did it. Because Courtney, has, she's been batshit crazy. still is since then. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. That's wild, man. Yeah, I mean, I've heard, I've heard some of that. But, like, I got a feeling, like, I don't know. It's it like does, those, it does make you wonder. Definitely does, man. It definitely does because like the timing of everything was just like that's why I was saying, like, I think I think he did it, but do I think that he might have been, I don't know, like encouraged is probably too strong of a word, but maybe like enabled to do it, if that makes sense. Kind of um I don't know. That's that's some dark shit right there, bro. That's some serious, heavy, dark shit. Once again, as mentioned before, Carly D, uh, he, he probably had a high tolerance. I'm yeah. Sure. But then again, I also, anyone who's ever seen Montage of Heck, if you got HBO now, you can see it. Watching that documentary also made me think Courtney did because how crazy she acted. Right. And right. it showed how patient, even though he was probably drugged up most of the time, it also showed how patient of a spouse Kurt was. Yeah. Like, very calm during her episodes. Yeah, yeah. That's the other, you're, you bring up a really good point, man. Like, she was a, just, her personality was very, like, volatile, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, it just, I don't know. It just, some things, just like the whole Chris Benoit death, I still don't think he did it. The whole incident, I still don't think he did it to this day. And people look at me like I'm crazy as hell for saying it. But even, you know, over 15 years later, I still don't think Benoit did it. I, I don't. I stay true to that statement only because of the background story. Right, right. Oh, yeah, there was the Bleach document. But Bleach was okay, but it wasn't anything like Montage of Heck. Montage of Heck, that came from raw footage that the daughter still kept because she ended up getting all of Kurt's estate. Yeah. 18. So, which I thought that was crazy. He didn't leave Courtney a die. <laughs> that that's what made me wonder right there too. Right. I mean, there's just too many pieces to the puzzle that just, you know, it's just like once again, Chris Benoit. I'll even go as far to say Brittany Murphy. Oh right. That shit was weird. Yeah. It is, man. It's like, and it's crazy because those those situations are all like black boxes, man. Like there's no way to know and i don't even think it's like a mastermind is behind it it's like when people get that big and that famous i think it's easier ironically for there to be these blind spots for them which is which is bananas like why is it that like an average person you know like me like i bet you if if something happened to me or whatever it would be no mystery about it or anything like that 
is just ironic because you would expect somebody with that much like visibility on them to like all the details to be figured out like that. But instead, it's kind of the opposite. Like even, you know, decades later, people are still kind of talking about what maybe happened or I don't know. That's interesting to me. And I think that's what makes the, the whole conspiracy theory unique, you know, in yeah. its own way. It yeah. Definitely in its own right. I mean, I'm loving this shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, this is just the whole. And once again, it's it's not your typical podcast show. It doesn't even feel like you're doing an interview. It's just. Yeah. This, this would probably be regular conversation if we were face to face. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's what makes it fun. Like, but dang. And then, of course, you got people in the group chat adding in. It just, man, it's. Yeah. And then when you think of that, you also think of the other probably potential conspiracy theories like, you know, Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, you know, yeah, people like them. Uh, it just it just makes you wonder. Chester's caught me way off. That was way out of the loop because I definitely did not see that coming. I, I mean, you know, the one that got me was Robin Williams, dude. Hell yeah. You know, like, and I know that some people like comedians have like a lot of comedians come from like broken childhoods and like really dark pasts and comedy was like a way that they coped with those really difficult situations. It was like a lifeboat. Um, and so, you know, kind of under the worst kind of stress and different conditions, people might go back to those dark places. So somebody like him, who you see is like a, like, he's like a man of a hundred voices, man. Like you think about him, I, I think about him as like, you know, this kind of like rubber faced and, you know, uh, Disney genie, but also like Jumanji. Also, you know, like just so many different, I mean, uh, Goodwill Hunting. I mean, Mrs. Just, Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire, dude. Like you see him all the way, like across the spectrum in many different areas. It's just crazy, man. It's crazy to think that, you know, that, that one got me. I was like, what? But you know what movie that made me kind of potentially think that Rob, there was something wrong with Robin Williams because of how he tapped into that that dark side way too comfortably? One hour photo. Oh, true. That movie was bizarre, bro. Yeah. That movie, yeah. Psy was his name in that movie. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. of that and another movie, uh, Gone Girl. Like even the people that played in that movie, I can't look at them the same for watching. All right. Just because the whole aura in it, I don't know if it's the aura or the fact that Trent Reznor did ninety five percent of the music. Oh, true. Yes, yeah. I mean, that was, it was just good. But like the story, dude, that one shook me for like a couple days, man. I was watching after watching that movie, I was like. Yo, what? This like, shit make you think, man. <laughs> yes, man. It's like, bro, it just—it really makes you think. Like, I'm telling you, it's 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 unique. But but you, those are the best movies, though, where it still leaves you thinking. 
to yes. this day. Yeah. Like, I'll even go as far to say, even though it was, yeah, based on actual events and scripted, the first Blair, Will, Blair Witch Project, yeah. I was in elementary school when I think elementary when it came out. And that fucked with me for a bit. I was like, Wait, I'm not going in the woods. Nah. Yeah, we're Wait, gonna go camping. Uh-uh. You talking about the Blair Witch Project? Mm-hmm. Yes, dude. Okay, so here's the thing. I, I like when I when that movie came out, I was a little a little bit younger, but I didn't get the memo that it wasn't real. I swore up and down. I was like, wait, no, these are just recovered tapes, right? Like, this is real. So I went into that movie thinking that it was like, and I, I, I thought, me too. And, and, and you know what got me? Then on on uh, TRL on MTV, they had the actors there inter- being interviewed by Carson Daly. I remember coming home from school and seeing them on the T, uh, seeing them on on TRL and being like, what the hell's going on here? And then, like, because at that time, remember, there was no, like, Google. There was no internet. There was no... You know, right, right, right. So, like, you know, that's how you would, like, learn some of these things. And, like, I guess I didn't watch the morning news when they were doing the interview circuit. But I remember, I distinctly remember coming home from school and being like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, y'all are dead. I watched you die in the movie theater. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like it just—it's it, like once again that shock value, like the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. It just, yes. it just ca- catches you off guard. Got because me. I they thought that shit was real. Yeah, they got me too, man. It, it like you know the um that that final scene where like the the camera flips over and it's just the person in the corner, and I was mm-hmm. just like, whoa. Um. Yeah, it was it was a trip. I moved. Yeah, because it made me wonder. I was like, okay, what happened to the guy? Like, did they kill him? Or like, yeah, we already saw his fingers in the in his wrapped up in, in a, that handkerchief or whatever. Yeah, I think it was his sweater or whatever. His jacket. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, that was real. I was like, how did they re- they put? And that's. <laughs> it's funny when saying that it also reminds me why I like watching movies from people like Takashi Miike. Uh he likes realism. Yeah. And I felt like during that time frame, the Blair Witch Project, the first one, because all the other ones that they did was horrible. Right. Cause it felt like a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that first one, oh no. They put they put realism. Like they put the wool over our faces, like yeah, I, yeah. Even to this day, if I watched it again, I would still feel like it's a real fucking, you know, yeah. rubber tapes. Yeah, it just yeah. it's, it's mind blowing. It's mind boggling. I think I might watch it instead. Up. They got my ass real good. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm telling you, they they got me good. I'll, I'll admit that they got me good. Yeah, same. Like, I'll still watch that shit again, though. No care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. It scared the shit out of me, but I'll still watch it again. <laughs> what was that? What the fuck? What the fuck is that? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Such memories. Such memories, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Chris Dinosaur, I appreciate you coming on the show, you know. 
talking yeah. about music, movies, wrestling, and well, your uh, tent adventures. <laughs> <laughs> for for our Mike World Order fans out there, how can we find you on all social media platforms? Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to stream my songs the only ones that i have up right now are uh chris dinosaur so that's on spotify apple music uh on instagram i manage the account for dinosaurus band so uh check them out um you know and and uh you know hit me up hit me up in the dms if you guys are ever in in the northern virginia area dc maryland um yeah def definitely hit me up would love to see y'all at a show um, got a little bit of a, I got a few plugs here, Mike, if I can, um, Go ahead, plug away, man, this is, cool, look, cool. this is your moment. Thanks. So, um, coming up in September, I'll be playing at a show in Annapolis on September uh, 16th. That's a Friday. I'll be playing with Caleb Graham, uh, and a, a couple of other bands that I, I've just met, but, um, uh, looking forward to that. So that's September 16th in Annapolis on, uh, October 15th. Uh, out in Lorton, um, there's uh, Lorton, Virginia. There's a, a, a place called the Workhouse Arts Center. Uh, it actually used to be uh, a prison and uh, like like a jail, and and it um, has been since converted into like an art center. And every year at Halloween, they do a um, like a haunted trail. You know, like people you know are dressed up and. They've got like dozens of people roaming all over the the, the facilities and, and they try to scare you and stuff. Um, and this year we'll be playing as the band, like they've got a live band playing, uh, a couple of different live bands playing, one for each night. And our night is gonna be on the, uh, on the 15th of October. So if y'all are around, come check us out. And then October 22nd, we'll be playing as part of an outdoor festival uh, and that is going to be, I believe it's in Springfield, Virginia. It's an, or McLean, I think McLean, Virginia, but it's, um, October 22nd. We'll be playing at an amphitheater. Uh, so you can come see all the songs you heard tonight and some more. So yes, sir. That's it. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. And it's crazy out of all the three locations that you mentioned, uh, Lorton is literally down the street from where I'm at. Cause I'm in, uh, so literally, I can just hop on Route One and get the Lord. Oh, sick! Yeah, you gotta come out, man. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll definitely support and you know, look, recruit more people to come on the show and get their stuff out there. Why yeah. not? Right? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, I've had, I've had such a good time chilling with you tonight, man. Um, totally, you know, to your point, man. It just honestly felt like just chatting with you over a couple drinks. Um, so it's been it's been a great vibe, man. Um, and, and definitely we'll be spreading the word about the, uh, MWO arena and how much of a, how much of a great time it is <laughs> for sure, man. No doubt. I, I appreciate it. And, uh, hopefully by at least, uh, my game plan, at least by Friday, I'll let you know the updates. I will get this ups episode edited and uploaded to where it's on all major podcasts, platforms. Um, it's on my YouTube page. You can find me on. It's awesome. on my Twitter page at MWO Mike Dunder. You can see this replay. And of course, Twitch at Mike World Order. 
but I will make sure by the end of the week to have all of your stuff out there. That way all the fans can have something to listen to on Labor Day weekend. Dude, thank of- you so much, man. That's awesome, oh, yeah. dude. Oh, yeah, so- we'll, 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 we will make sure. Like, Mike World Order is a show that's not viewed locally. I'm viewed globally in different countries. Yeah. According to statistics, like, you know. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'll take it and run with it, dude. I, I, I cannot thank you enough, man. I, I, I really understand. I appreciate it because I was a fan of the show. Kind of like I said, from from seeing Pipe on there and Sage Bay is just it was really cool, man. I, I love what you're doing, man. I hope you you know keep doing it. Can't wait to come back. So. Oh yeah, we we love for you to come back. You don't even have to be for music. Come back when we do comedy hour. Come back when we do Thirsty Thunder Tuesdays and. You can you can uh, enjoy your first random five of checking out five different random wrestling matches in different order. I think. Let's see who who's done it so far that you might know of. I know Christina Sasson did one. Um, I think Navon. The uh, okay, yeah, he's been on two episodes. Uh, it's it's been a who's who's they 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 enjoy Thirsty Thunder Tuesdays because that's the happy hour show, that's the yeah. show where we watch wrestling and, and drink. Like that, it's it's fun, man. Look, it's it's to the point where I end up bringing back people into watching pro wrestling again. Yeah, we watch it from like everywhere. It's not just WWE and all. We watch it could be stuff from Japan, stuff from. The UK stuff from Mexico, Australia doesn't matter, you know. Like you said, it's like the buffet; it's a whole variety, and that's what yeah. we try to bring. I mean, it's well, just like know. going to a uh, speed dating. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get your number? No, why not? It's not you. It's me. <laughs> it's not you. It's not me. you. Just saying. You know, dear Dorian, it's not you, it's me. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, he got that one, man. That's that's so good. I'm telling you, I'm using look, I'm using that reference every time. Every time. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but once again, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Once again, I appreciate you for you know trusting me with um your demos and your tracks. And let me, you know, pick out and, you know, learn about it. And I enjoy every moment of it, you know. Like I said, not all the songs are made to cut. But that's yeah. not saying that I don't like them any less. I just picked the ones that I felt that stood out the most. You yeah, know? I appreciate that. But all of your tracks I love. Like, even, even when you sent me the, uh, the clip of the show and it's about 40 minutes long, I'm literally sitting through watching the whole thing like, okay. Alrighty, I fucks with it, <laughs> man. I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you so much, man. But uh, like I said, we we hope to see you uh, next time on a future episode. Hopefully, like I said, September anniversary month. I would love for you to come back anytime you're free. You let me know your schedule, and I'll make it work. You know, absolutely, man. No, I would love to, brother. That that'd be uh, that'd be dope. So. And that being said, of course, you guys know how I close out the show with these final words. You know, in this day and age, we always got something going on. 
we have busy lives. We we got everything that's going on. But the one thing that I want everyone to remember is always, especially with this upcoming three-day weekend for some of you guys, some of you, you may be working this weekend. Some of you may not be working. But regardless, always make time to enjoy yourself. Good night, everybody. And we'll see you next time on Mike World Order. Thank you.